I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. At Total Wine & More, we know what pairs perfectly with summer. Go ahead, test us. What goes best with a beach trip? This crisp rosé. A pool party? Try these craft beers. Oh, you're good. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine & More. My name is Dave Hanready and there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 95 of the No Encore Music Podcast. We are back once again in the house. It's a very foggy evening out there, so we've taken shelter. Like a John Carpenter film named The Fog. Hi guys. Quite an intro. Yeah. Back once again, but no Renegade Master this week. No, we're back Uh, to our Move song. Thanks again to our good friend Bantam for giving us that song and letting us use it. It's fast becoming iconic, I feel. Much like John Carpenter's The Fog. Sure. Indeed, and this week we are not alone. No. I am here with you. <laughs> there it is. There it is. There she is. Hit the music. Mr. Trouble never hangs around when he hears this mighty sound. Here I come to save the day. That means that my Yes, of course. It's Zara Hederman, our own mighty mouse. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm not bad. Not Andy Hedman. <laughs> What? That's not Dahi. No. You told me the winner oh, of the quiz was yes. coming. Oh, yeah, sorry, the winner of the quiz. Uh, Dahi couldn't make it. I mean, I was very upset about that whole uproar. Do you want to explain what happened for anyone who doesn't know? Because I feel like some people might not know. Basically, um, at the No Encore quiz, which was absolutely incredible, very good night. Thank you so much, guys, for everything. Yeah, very You're welcome. welcome. Um, I was on the winning team with uh, my friends Ushin, Felipe, and the roving reporter, David Tapley, age 27. We actually won, and then Dahi, Captain Fiddle, uh, said that he won, and then you guys 
mostly I think it was you, Hanratty, uh, said Hanratty <laughs> said that Dahi won, and that really annoyed me because I had been doing a lot of research for this quiz. I listened to so many episodes. Um, and yeah, it irked me. You were but I was really touched then when I, you know, I heard your apology. I thought that was really nice. Hang on, first you of all, yourself completely and entirely. Craig, no, what? I didn't. <laughs> first of all, first of all, I, I was looking at Dave there, sir. I would say, <laughs> if I may, I would say that you were your life itself was enriched by listening back to all those old episodes of the podcast. Oh, no, of to course, be fair, yeah. it actually was. And I do find so listeners that again. no encore actually yeah. holds up well on a re-listen every now and then. <laughs> it yeah. does. Like I loved listening to it when I was like cooking, cleaning, walking. Okay, and I, I don't need the whole rundown. But okay, so here's the thing: uh, Christian Tierney led Dahi astray, mm-hmm. who then led me astray. Well, so Christian, if you're listening. It's your fault, mate. Stop tweeting about it, would you? Please. <laughs> well, you didn't have to do it either. Like, as people say, would you put your hand in the fire after Dahi did? Who says that? Like, fucking, like, Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> what is that? So why has Dahi got his hand in a fire? Because he's because gone mental. He he's went, drunk with power. No, like, did your mom's never say that to you? Oh, if they put their jump hand... Jump off a cliff the, is the thing, not your hand in the fire, isn't it? didn't tell me to go jump off a cliff. No, okay. The whole point is that like, you don't you jump off, off a cliff. cliff. Yeah, yeah, would you jump off a cliff if you told you... you it's not a put your hand in a fire. That's not yeah, the expression. The, I promise you there is another one by... Anyway, okay, we've got okay, to our Something beautiful has come out of this whole thing. this is the first section it's this long to get through it, we should probably move along. And I will say, yes, that apology was, in fact, heartfelt. Thank you. It was, Thank you so yeah, much. Thanks for writing it for me. Uh, <laughs> You're so anyway, uh, what else is going on, lads? On Twitter, I've started a project on Twitter. So Such a hipster. I'm already kind of... And a sap. Okay, well, you know what? Why don't you tell everyone what it is then, seeing as you appear to have an opinion on it? Dave's posting a song he loves every day. Once a day. It's you and Pete Murphy doing it. And I think Pete uh, missed out on day seven already. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> yeah, I'm falling into the league. Dahi started. I'm pretty sure he gave up after two days. How long do you think you, you'll last? Oh, like? I'm doing... I'm hashtag 365. <laughs> it's not right. already like you not know, a hashtag for something else. <laughs> Are you being drawn into these weird conversations? It's about, mine like, now. Yeah. I'm doing it. Okay. I've, I've posted 11 songs to date at the time of recording, and I feel like people are already a bit annoyed by it. So, uh, <laughs> you know, just, you know, just, it's there. Present it without comment. And there will be a playlist. Oh, you just do the song. I just post, I'm not going to go. Oh, hey, there's going to be a playlist at the end of the year. Me of first Love. Yeah, it's on a Facebook project. Yeah. No, I'm, just, I'm just posting the song in a thread. That's okay. It. All right. Okay. I'm on board. And I think it's some pretty good choices so far. Anything mm. from, you know, before 1994? 1994. 84? Uh, no. <laughs> That's so far. Okay. I don't think so. All right. I can't, wait, yes. I can't <laughs> wait until you get to like 327 and you just can't think of any more songs. That's not that's gonna gonna have no more music. Out. You're just going to have to post the theme song from Ski Sunday or something. Like. <laughs> uh, or Mighty Mouse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I've already loaded up the playlist. Like, you know, kind of a, I've, I've an offline secret playlist. Of, like, oh, right. I've got a bank of songs and it changes every day and I'm like, oh yeah, that one I'll go with. Yeah, so mm. interesting. Some people like it, some people think it's pretentious as fuck and that's fine. And I'm going to do it. I'm a just lot. glad you finally have a platform where you can talk about the music that yeah, you love. Yeah, it's it's been a it's been a while trying to trying to make that happen. So I'm very happy with it though, and it's going to continue. I hope. Uh, also, I forgot to say on the last episode uh, when we were in Galway for our Galway show, we hung out with a lovely man by the name of Josh. He's the frontman of a band from Galway called Elenkis. They are a metal band, and they are on a tour. As of next week, they are touring the country and they hit Dublin in Whelan's on Tuesday the 16th of December. They will be supporting a band called Godmother, 
who are a Swedish metal band who are on Dillinger Escape Plan's record label. So there's five dates in total. They're hitting up Dublin, Belfast, Cork, Limerick and Galway between the 16th and the 20th. And I would encourage you, if you're a fan of loud, shouty, great, aggressive, cool music, go along and see them. And finally, I guess before we go to the news, a uh, real quick shout out for listener of the show, Tom, who turns 30 this weekend. And hey. I, I would just like to say to him that, uh, it, yeah, all the, all the stuff you heard about it getting worse and like, you know, really your life kind of goes downhill at 30, you have not been prepared. <laughs> I've always Jesus. heard of it called the Dirty 30. I don't know what that means. I don't think it's safe to talk about in the podcast. Yeah, my the 30th s- birthday was... Is uh, it just the year or the decade? Wistful, not great. Bit of both. I was out that night. It was good. Wasn't it was it? good until it wasn't. Okay. <laughs> good until it wasn't yeah, yeah, yeah. is the new memoir. Oh, that's me. Yeah. Yeah. No, good until it wasn't is uh, that's hashtag Dave three six five. Should we talk about some fucking news? Let's yeah, do it. Yes. And, and folks, have some respect because we have order, order, royalty of sorts <laughs> in the house. Oh, continue. <laughs> Choice music prize judge Dave Hanratty presiding. Yay. Hello. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, come on. Yeah, you know. When, when you were back a great in, choice. Back in the day, judge. thanks. Back in the day when <laughs> Stereophonics won a they won a Brit Award, it was a couple of years into their career. And Kelly Jones walked up to the microphone and he said, "It's about fucking time." <laughs> Jesus, now I'm not going to say that because that would be wrong. Mm. I feel like you know it's you know it's taken taken some time to get on this panel, but I'm going to give it my all mm-hmm. at this year's Choice Music Prize. And of course, it completes the No Encore hat-trick. Exactly. Yeah. Match ball, Trio. no encore. Match ball, no encore. And they give you free drink, I'm just saying. Yeah. Oh, I've heard that. And food. It's, yeah. it's a good evening. What's There's the also spread some like? discussion about music for about <laughs> yeah. five minutes. Um, no, the spread's good. It's like a full meal slot. Yeah, by, we were yeah. in a storehouse last year. You were so behind oh. a bar pulling points for people, I was kind of half you? part-time fireman, part-time <laughs> judge. Yeah, it was a... I'll try and do. Choose to fill. I'll try and do. Okay, well, look, I can't. I'm, I'm going to play the Cullen Regan role here and say I can't say a lot about it anymore. But mm-hmm. what I will say is, I'll give you the shortlist though. So the ten albums, the nominees for the Irish album of 2017, they were unveiled on the Tracy Clifford Show by Choice uh, Prize Chairman Tony Caton Lee on Wednesday afternoon. And the ten albums in alphabetical order are as follows: Come on, Live Long within the Still, Marlene Enright, Placements and Second Cuts, Fan Club with their self-titled debut, Lancome Beneath the Earth and Sky. James Vincent McMorrow with True Care, New Jackson from Night to Night, Otherkin OK, Fionn Regan, The Meetings of the Waters, Ships, Procession, and Talos, Wild Alley. Lads, what do you think? Strong list. Yeah, mm. some very fine selections there. One just yeah. kind of okay one, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've, I've actually just realised what Otherkin were doing with okay, because it's Otherkin. Really? Yeah. That's, yeah, it's an idiotic eureka moment for me. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm quite pleased with that. But... um. Yeah, I mean, personally, maybe Talos, Fionn Regan would be standouts for me, James Vincent tomorrow, but no, there's a lot of great stuff. It's a it's a good list. It's been a good year. If I was to call right now, yeah, it would be between Talos and James Vincent McMorrow, I think. I have to admit that there are one or two albums there that I've either only just heard in passing or, in fact, haven't even heard at all. So a bit of homework for me to do over the next little while. Sure. Interesting that there's no Northern Irish acts. Uh, it was mm. something that stood out to me last year as That's well. That's a Brexit thing, though, It was it? only Divine <laughs> Comedy that got in there last time um, because well, no, because I think the one band that have very much missed out, I think, are and so I watch you from afar. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think it's an okay list. Um, I'm really happy to see Fionn on there and Lancome. I think those two albums would be my two favourites. Um, I'd be quite surprised if Lancome didn't get it. Um, listening to like the albums that I wasn't so familiar with today, um, like they're grand. Um, some I just felt sound quite similar and I just um yeah, I 
I'm not the Choice Music Prize. I'm not hugely fond of anyway. Oh, I here think, we go. Here we go now. I just think, <laughs> I just think it's. Um, this is part of Zara's long play to get on the judging yeah. panel for next year. Clearly, <laughs> go on. I don't know. I just think that I was having a talk with someone about it today, and especially in was Ireland, it Jim Carroll? <laughs> Sorry, oh, Jamie boy, I just think it. Was it, it David Tapley? No. Age 27. No, no, no. Can we no. stop guessing who she's talking <laughs> to? Um, I just think, especially in Ireland and like in Dublin as well, like to judge, especially Irish brands, like I have no problem like saying something is bad um, without, like, because you know the way a lot of the time Irish reviewers kind of are always promoting bands, especially like one or two on this list. There was one in particular that I said to someone yesterday, I was like, they're on the list. And they their response was, well, yeah, of course they were going to be honest. Do you want to say who it is? No. Open forum. Like, I, I can't say it for <laughs> obvious reasons. But no, like, I, it's why fine. Why can't you say it? No, seriously. Like, like, you don't have to, but like, what, like why, why can't you say it? Well, I think that's part of her point that maybe yeah. it's such a small scene. And blah, it's blah, such blah, a small... But then, like... Okay, it was all the kin. Like, I've no... Like, I don't care yeah, but I, you're allowed to have that opinion like, like you're, you're a music critic yeah no I know you take it very seriously why, why are you not allowed to have that opinion because it's oh, I don't know I mean no no like I, I get what you're saying to, there yeah. to a certain extent at the same yeah. time I would say that there are big bands who aren't here picture this for instance being uh, an example that I saw somebody talking about now I never expected to see them there to mm. be fair but you know, no, but then again, Pe- people were like, "Why is Noel Horan there?" And it was like, "Were people like that?" Yes, yeah, of course. Oh my god, yeah. because you know, because he commercially sold yeah. well. But like, ultimately, this is a critic. I feel choice. like isn't that why they've ushered in this songs of the year thing? Because like it's the more Coronas public had vote, an album this it? year. I guess they did. Yeah, as did you too. Yeah, mm. so you yeah. expect yeah, some of these sorry, names sorry. to sort of be in there. But um, but yeah, when I said, "Oh, like I can't believe that other kin are on this list," and the, they were like. Oh, well, of course they were going to be on it. And I was like, oh, why of course? Like, their album, in my opinion, like, I'm just saying, I wasn't that fond of it. I was listening to it today. I think it sounds quite dated and sounds, it doesn't sound innovative. It doesn't sound like an album that warrants being awarded. Like, this album defines how Irish music sounded in 2017. Yeah. Sure. Um, and I feel that the response of, well, of course they were going to be on it, like with a few other like people on this list as well, I think it's just kind of more so a lip service kind of thing. Yeah. See, so that's I'm, why I don't take this very seriously. Yeah. Not that I don't take it seriously, but I just, I take this with a very, a very small pinch of salt. I'm not sure if, if I fully agree with you with the lip service thing. I do agree, though, that that album is one. Uh, fan club, I mean, like, it's a good album, but I wouldn't have had it on the list myself. Mm. I wonder yeah. if yeah. a comparatively weak year for a sort of rock bands, I guess, in Ireland has sort of helped them here that they might be the mm. best of the bunch. That's fair. Yeah, and I, I might agree that it, it's probably not lip service. I, as an overall point about, you know, criticism and the Irish music scene, it definitely stands up with your sayings are. But in mm. terms of this, I think it does come down to personal taste. And it's kind of when you look at the judges list, you've obviously got kind of critics like Dave there, but you will, and I'm not just talking specifically about this year at all, but mm. when you've got a mix of kind of radio people, you do have people that are listening to music with different ears and like, oh, well, this is lots of hits or this mm. you know people are looking for different things and they records, consume music so. differently yeah. for different reasons and also mm. different platforms as you say and what i will say i mean like you know uh, speaking from my own experience and i've yet to actually you know do the actual judging process but like if anyone who's listening and is wondering how these how you arrive at this list um if you're a judge after being asked to be a judge you are asked to give your top 10 albums of the year 
at a certain point. And so that's 10 people in total, I guess, are doing that. So, like, that's... I don't know after that if there's any kind of, like, whether the chairman of the committee have their say or not, but ultimately it comes from a swathe of different people who, as Craig will say, like, for different reasons will have different opinions and such. And I feel like, like, what would be the point in putting in a band that you don't like for the sake yeah. of it? Like, there's no machinations here that's going to... No one's end. seeing your votes. Yeah, like, no, yeah. One's, like, no, no one's seeing what you're about. And, like, ultimately, like, like, you were saying there, like, I mean, like, everything that you said there about Otherkin... Mm. That's the kind of conversation I would expect to hear in mm. that room on the night of March the 8th before the, vi- the winner is unveiled. And I would imagine that that's what the process will be. Uh, yeah. and like I say, obviously, you know, I can't say an awful lot, mm. but we have reviewed some of these albums before. And all I will say about this list in terms of what I think of it, I, I think it's a strong list. And the, uh, the majority of the albums that I selected in my 10 are actually on this list. Mm. And I think it's I think it's a very interesting list. I'm I've already been having conversations about it, and I'm kind of like I don't know how it's going to shake down. I think it's going to be a tough fucking d- decision. I think it's going to be hard, and I think that that's a, that that's a good thing. But what I to come back to the other point, what I would say is I'm like you know like I know I'm challenging, but sorry, but ultimately the reason I do so is because I just kind of feel like I don't like when critics don't like put forward their views and or mm. hide behind them and I'm not saying that you do that I don't think no, you do no I, I was just like yeah no, no I mean like, like, I, like you know I, re- I read your reviews all the time and I mm. think you're one of the better writers out there and I do mean that right. and ultimately no but, but, but to be fair you can you can spot the bad ones or yeah. the ones who don't give a shit and or just are and like let's now list them yeah. <laughs> in our yeah. new segment <laughs> I, mean, I like, just it, sorry uh, th- this might only be interesting to us yeah. People listening might be like, okay, lads, who gives a fuck? But ultimately, I think it's an interesting aspect of, of criticism because I think criticism is an art form mm. and I think it should be held up there and I, I don't like people who just dismiss it. A lot of work goes in to reviewing. Mm. Um, I also just think, like, in general, um, it was when I think it was like the Golden Globes were on and I don't know, I was on the bus and I just had a thought, like, awards are such a mad thing that, like, someone has awarded something for their work. Like, I know you're laughing. This seems um, like you're so stoned, this. man. No, let's <laughs> go fucking deep. We'll be talking about aliens, no, I, like, seeding the earth for people in about five minutes. <laughs> no, but it is, though, when you think about it. Like, just do your job and not don't expect anything, like, yeah, in yeah. return. This, this is Zara no, explaining why she doesn't tip in restaurants. <laughs> no. But especially, I think, with music, like, because it's so subjective. And as well, like, with something like giving a cash prize, like, what I think is great about the choice is that it will give like bands who have like say released their album like self released it like Come On Live Long and Marlena Enright like it gives if they did win it gives them that 10 grand to then maybe go back and put even more into like their next album so I think that's great but I remember 10 years ago Two Door Cinema Club? No no um, about 10 years ago when Divine Comedy won because I was at that year, um, they when Neil Hannon like got up on stage to accept his award, he goes, "Oh, well, this is great! I'm going to use this ten grand for like to make a new kitchen." And I'm like, "That is not what this money is for." <laughs> you like, don't know what kind of state his kitchen was in at yeah, that point in time. Falling like, around him, like yeah, but like. <laughs> Quite a Your kitchen, kitchen does not say. an album make. Like, well, Tudor Cinema Club, Tudor Cinema, that's the episode title, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Tudor Cinema Club, <laughs> didn't they get up and they were like, oh, cool, yeah, by the way, we're giving this money to charity, but they were on a fucking major. Sure. So, mm. Well, this is actually a discussion that was that almost a slap in the face to some of the musicians yeah, who were in that room. was exactly. had during the year I was doing it, during our kind of, once we got down to a number of albums, some people were kind of pitching up with, like, okay, should we start now looking, like, they're all of a certain quality, should we start looking at who would 
yeah deserve mm. the money or who would benefit from it in terms of going ahead and doing their next project and my thinking was like you can't really at no, this man. point you but just judge it on the work against, against, yeah, against the work yeah. like, so that's it's a tricky effective. one it's the same thing this level at the Mercury Prize it's like should it just be on merit or should it be to give a leg up to struggling sure artists? I don't know but also with the Mercury Prize the labels have to pay for their for an album to be considered they have yeah. to pay Isn't a fee a oh sure yeah, 200 yeah, yeah. pounds but for yeah. like a small yeah, yeah. label that's a lot of money it is yeah. yeah I just think that awards like this need to go <laughs> <laughs> to be fair your comparison right, to the 2018 but miracle your comparison seems <laughs> like just two months two, <laughs> two months, months let me do Very this scrap then it, yeah. scrap it uh, I'll get that on the CV and then done Wait, I feel like Dave can bring it down from the inside uh, <laughs> I will bring it tumbling <laughs> crashing down wait and see Golden Globes, by the way, and Oscars. Like, that's a fucking industry piss-up. Oh, well, of course yeah. it is. This could be the same, but on a much smaller scale. It absolutely is. Yeah, let me have my night. Yeah. <laughs> like, I it know. is. It's all about Dave. You're you're losing, enjoy yourself, Dave. I think you're losing Dave. sight of <laughs> it. I know, music like, I'm winner delighted. For soon, <laughs> no, Thanks. I'm delighted that Dave is a judge, and I think you're going to be an excellent judge. Um, I think that, like, you won't let things, like, you know... This is the other thing. Because Dublin and Ireland is so small, like... The judges list, there's going to be like someone who's judging albums that will have maybe one or two degree separation oh, like listen, people in the listen, band. Listen, and like how can you separate that from all oh, my mates in this band? Like I'd love them to win this. Well, like, cool, you, you faced like, that last that's year. That's gonna happen exactly. Last year I think of the ten acts that were on the list, I'd interviewed eight of them at separate points. And in fact we'd had three of them at our live show <laughs> yeah. a week beforehand. Yeah. I mean we couldn't have been much closer to weaker corners but again, and Bantam yeah. and Radio Albatross at that point. comes back to being a professional critic. Do you take pride in yourself as a professional critic? I do. That's exactly it. Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah, and and one thing that will become apparent when you're in that room and we'll try to move on from this because <laughs> anybody who hasn't judged the Choice Music Prize is just sitting there going I don't know what you're talking about but one thing is that like you have to start getting ultra critical there was a moment yeah. last year where everyone was like oh but it's such a great album and you're like of course it's a great yeah. album it's literally in the top three best albums of the year start finding problems otherwise we're never going to leave the room yeah. Ra- he pulled another point <laughs> <laughs> to wrap up no, can, I, can, I, can I ask a question yeah do you think I will be able to be ultra critical yeah no, <laughs> I think no. you'll get on just fine You're yeah. softy. Cool. You're uh, softy. Also in the news this week And we'll come back to the choice later in a manner of speaking But yeah. also in the news this week Aliens are seeding the earth with people Craig Fitzpatrick <laughs> Tell us about that Craig Well this isn't actually really news I mean we're talking about 10,000 years ago We talk about Radiohead and Lana Del Rey instead yeah, yeah, right? that, yeah. Oh litigation corner Yeah, Litigation So much of this but you know at the moment um, So last weekend Radiohead were rumoured to be taking legal action Against Lana Del Rey for copyright infringement um, This was over similarities perceived similarities between uh, Lana's perceived mate. <laughs> yeah, Lust for Life track Get Free and Radiohead's favourite personal song Creep um, so essentially she kind of you know took to tw- Twitter and said yes this is actually true um, we offered something like 40% of royalties but their lawyers have kind of just been relentless and she thought it was going to come to court the latest is that Radiohead have said that it's not actually a proper legal action um, they're not really sure what's going on it seems very up in the air but um, I mean people's reaction to this immediately was oh Radiohead's like heel turn continues yeah I mean <laughs> um, like to be fair Radiohead and is it just with Creep because I mean they had that whole thing with Prince a while back as well um, yeah. was, you know it's, what it, was it, the thing with Prince it was Prince was covering Creep wasn't it yeah and it was taken down 
And they wanted to put back up. Yeah, they were fine with it. Um, but it was Prince who wanted it taken down. So this song just seems to create trouble for Radiohead, even now that they've slightly softened their stance on playing it live. Also yeah. with the thing, um, uh, which is funny because they're like... There has been stuff where uh, Creep sounds really like the Holly song. Sure. There's that whole thing where um, two of the songwriters on um, The Air I Breathe, um, they settled outside of court and they're now like named as like two of the songwriters on it. They're co-writers, yeah, that's yeah. right. I mean, to be fair, and like this happened last week when we were discussing Mark Ronson, this feels like the plot line from a sitcom, which is going to end with an episode where a hipster has locked himself in his bedroom because he realises that all the music he's ever loved is somewhat derivative. I know, it's getting but a bit I, ridiculous. What you got against hipsters, that, like, man? That's twice now. <laughs> <laughs> but like, isn't that a thing where like, with musicians, because you, one would hope that when they're making music and they're passionate about music, they listen to music all the time. So they're constantly listening to things. Obviously, something is oh, going to stick in your head. Of, um, like, there's no such the thing as... The famous case of Nine Nails uh, on The Downward Spiral. They've got a track called A Warm Place. And it's a wonderful song, but it's, mm. it's a complete lift of yeah. a David Bowie song. It was kind yeah. of an obscure Bowie Asian release. And basically, Trent Reznor, like, after the fact, one day was like, oh, fuck... I didn't realise he was like I was listening yeah. to that that week and it just happened but him and Bowie were friends yeah. so Bowie was like it's grand Yeah, don't mm. worry about it but if if he wasn't that was him he, he, like, actually uh, yeah I watched Spinal Tap for the first time in years yesterday uh, still mm. tells up it's brilliant but I remember Chris Martin I think I've said it on the podcast before Chris Martin was like I've written the next hit this is brilliant he was like mm. on the beach just this tune came into his head two days later he was strumming on guitars like this is a hit and he realised it was Spinal Taps tonight I'm gonna rock you <laughs> 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 like, they had great songs in that mm. fake rock so record. I went and I listened to all three of these songs back yeah. to back doing my due diligence for the podcast yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, I would contend that the Hollies Air I Breathe and Creep they're much more similar yeah, yeah, I think than, absolutely. than Get Free and Creep there's a couple yeah. of notes and a couple of emphasis on the phrasing in Lana's track that, but I, I don't but know but I think I, with I, I mean, Lana's like, track there, she does kind of veer into different kind of like sounds and melodies where like later on in the song whereas like with Creep and the air I breathe they're far oh, sure. yeah, more yeah, similar yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah it's far from a cover I yeah, mean, like, no. the, the bottom line though is that if Lana Del Rey came out and didn't say although I know my song wasn't inspired by Creep Radiohead feel it was if she comes out and says Creep is a great song turns out this shares a couple of chords you know well done, Radiohead. Mm. I hope you still like my track. Fine, we can all move on. Yeah, but I, I've just found it really interesting that people are so on board with kind of Lana's stance on this. It's 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 kind of overwhelmingly in her favour. Um, she tends to draw the committed. To be fair, well, I'm, I'm not even talking about just kind of you know Twitter fans. Um, Do you think it's a reflection though of the current times we live in? In terms of the way Radiohead perceived or the copyright thing? No, no, no. Uh, Like gender, for example. It's like, oh, oh, Big Bad Radiohead, four lads versus one woman. I hadn't Mm. thought about that. I think that's a reflection of it. I I, I think there's a bit of that. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Um, And I think Get Free, by the way, is a fabulous song. Yeah. Mm. And I actually didn't realise just how good it was going back to it because that album is quite long and it comes kind of late in the day, I think. It's a great fucking track. One of her Mm. best ones. But I think there's a degree of like protection for Lana Del Rey where it's like hang on like you know is she being bullied is she being looked down on stepped down on because you, of man woman stuff I, I think that's an, an element of it and you know what if it, if it totally is the record label and it probably isn't something that Radiohead instigated I would believe that's the case seeing as how much distance I know they play it live now occasionally come but you know the distance over the years they put between them and Creep 
I think it's really interesting that like it's this particular song because it's not like it was even a big single release. Yeah. It wasn't a big. It's not a big radio hit for Landell, right? It's like an album mm. track in an era when everyone's streaming stuff on Spotify. We must be talking about like minuscule amounts of money, if anything is kind of. Oh, taken it must in be. Terms of, th- this must be. And the you'd most have to presume as well the Radiohead returned down Spotify's money. <laughs> well, this course, must be yeah. the most listening that that one song has had oh, yeah. in the last week or so. And yeah. probably Creep has had a big bounce, and the Hollies as yeah. well. So it's working out well for everybody. And the three <laughs> great songs. Three great songs. Yeah, Can we just yeah. have all three of them, please? Yeah. Everyone's a winner. This is a conspiracy. I've just realised. <laughs> We're a some, part of it. We're puppets. Anyway, people don't need to pull conspiracies number because people there. have actually paid for music this Yay! year. Um, yeah, paid subscriptions uh, rose by 54% and made up 80% of all streams in 2017, according to a new report. Uh, downloads are down again. That's unsurprising, I suppose, to be fair. And, uh, yeah, the usual suspects out in front, uh, Ed Sheeran, Kendrick, Drake, Future, etc. And in the United States, cassette tape sales are up. Okay, two takeaways from this. One, I'm surprised Future's as big as he is. Uh, Does it count as Features? I guess it must. That's what I'm guessing. And two, I think we had a participant on the show last March, Uh or thereabouts, to promote his new EP, which I believe was a cassette. Yep. Coincidence? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> the 20% of cassette tale s- sales were purely Guardian of the Galaxy mm. soundtracks. Of course, if you've seen that movie, oh, yeah. the yeah. entire soundtrack is based off a mixtape in each case, so I was literally for yeah, the novel. I was saying for a, a long time, like whilst I got like the vinyl resurgence, the cassette thing was doing nothing for me, but I was kind of throwing out some old CDs and stuff the other day, and I got some like cassettes I had about 15 years ago, and I had a kind of thing of just like, oh, I'd love to actually own something that I could put this into now. Well, that's the main problem, yeah, isn't yeah. it? I, I mean, yeah, and to be fair, I mean, yeah, I don't know, like, there's going to be a novelty factor yeah, to yeah. some of that stuff. Yeah. And, of course, there's a financial factor if, if you're a small DIY artist like mm. Participant was explaining in terms of, you know, yeah. copying tapes is a heck of a lot easier than pressing records. Yeah, I was at a few gigs, actually, towards especially the end of last year where a lot of bands had tapes and I was like, oh, I'd actually love to um, get it, but I have nothing to play it on. Yeah. Um, it feels like a collector's item, though. A unique little thing. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, definitely. Somebody had only told me that in about 97 when I was throwing them all away. <laughs> hey, man, if I could find out my uh, my Energy Rush 2 cassette tape with uh, the Shaman Ebenezer Good on it from back in the day, I wish I didn't throw that out. I had I have Weezer's Hashpipe the single on cassette tape. <laughs> nice. Oh, uh, I, okay, embarrassing purchase alert. Yeah, go. Jesus, Dave would be here all day. Mate. I'll just give you one then. Right. I bought on cassette... The New Radicals album. <laughs> oh, the yeah. album. The album. <laughs> I once met it. It's called Maybe You've Been Brainwashed Too. I know this because I bought it. Have oh. I ever mentioned this in the podcast that I once met a girl yeah. whose two favorite <laughs> bands, right, were the New Radicals and the Goo Goo Dolls? Oh, my oh God. And it's like, could you pick two bigger one-hit wonders? Yeah. So, Davis, like, get what you give going to be song number 117 on your. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, instead, I'm going to go for Technicolor Lover. <laughs> one of the deep cuts off that album. I think it was on side two of the cassette. Okay, yeah. I used to always with. Um, I've lived a life. With <laughs> cassettes, I used to always. Um, like make my own I'd, I'd never give them to people I'd always give them for myself I'd make like uh, mixtapes of the radio I'd take the off the radio yeah. destroying the music industry <laughs> <laughs> but look it's, on a, it's, it's going up now 
Which is great. Pioneer. Except resurgence. Yeah, yeah pioneer, that's it. <laughs> We're just going retro. Uh, finally on the news front this week, uh, I love this story. This is a quintessential no-encore story, really, isn't it? Really it? Yeah, it really is. is. Police in New Zealand have been forced to repeatedly listen to NWA's Fuck the Police because somebody has hacked into their police scanners. Let's have a quick listen to that tune. Anthem. Yeah, it absolutely is. Uh, Inspector Kevin Lloyd of the Otago, uh, sorry, told the Otago Daily Times uh, that people had been put in danger by the broadcasts. However, he is not a fan. He said there's no question <laughs> that if it carries on and if they do, it will delay a response. And basically, yeah, someone has managed to get into the frequency on which the police radios operate, um, played NWA, played Rage Against Machine, covering the song. And this follows, and I'd love this even more, uh, police in the North Island being forced to listen to pig grunts for the month of August. Now, we don't condone this behaviour, no, but no. it is kind of inspired at we the love same it. time. So, well done. I mean, you know, Fuck the Police was such an incendiary thing and, you know, it spoke to police brutality in the US and obviously a lot of that is still going on. I don't know much about the New Zealand police force, but I'm imagining they're, they're a kind of softer bunch of people. Uh, there's not really a big kind of social divide between the New Zealand police force and the general population. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, don't I could be wrong. Know. I could be wrong. It could be wrong. They all just uh, seem so pleasant. could be wrong. Uh, friend of the show, Adam Walker, he listens to the No Encore on the regular. He's a New Zealand resident. Adam, you're listening right now. Please tweet at us and let us know if Craig is completely wrong. And in yeah. fact, you're living under some kind of <laughs> horrible dystopian <laughs> regime. Magic is real, it's contained within an app Put your feet up and watch Peking Duck appear with just a tap Magic is pizza tacos Savoy fish and chips Shish kebab And spicy crispy chicken strips Download the Just Eat app and order food for delivery in lieu of an album this week, we will talk more Choice Music Prize, but don't worry, we've gotten the boring criticism stuff out of the way, and we have created a playlist. We're bringing back the listening guide, and we're going to focus on the Choice Music Prize. A bit of a retrospective. There have been 12 winners in total mm-hmm. since mm-hmm. Uh, the year 2005. Mm-hmm. So what we've done is, uh, when, when artists go to Vicar Street, or it's always been held there, has it? Um, let's just say it has been. Yeah. Point yeah. is, artists on the night perform two tracks generally. So what we've done is we've taken two tracks per winner, put them on a Spotify playlist. You can get that at my Twitter, Henry Dave, or at No Encore Show on Twitter right now. And uh, I must say, guys, I really fucking enjoyed this playlist. I, mean, like, yeah, it's very cool. yeah, um, I mean, I know I shouldn't be surprised. I mean, like, these are the creme de la creme. Yeah. But, I mean, like, it flowed really well, and it was a genuinely interesting kind of snapshot. And pretty much everything here, I would say everything here is great. Well, I think yeah. it backs up your argument earlier that eventually in the shakedown, I mean, we can talk about kind of, you know, short lists and long lists. But usually what's rewarded is, you know, re- of really, really high quality. Yeah. Well, let's get going. The first winner of the Choice Music Prize was Julie Feeney. She sounds a bit like this.
Galway native Julie Feeney, who I once interviewed for Hot Press for a guide to Galway. Hey, <laughs> of course. The evergreen feature that it is. Mm-hmm. 13 Songs is the album. Colm Regan, you're a fan. Yeah, I like it. it. It's, you know, obviously Julie Feeney has kind of gone on to do a lot of very interesting projects. And this might have really been the genesis of it. She recorded the entire mm. album on her, by her own. Uh, it was, you know, relatively stripped back, I suppose, but she plays something ridiculous, like nine instruments or something like that, so she could basically do what she wanted mm. without input, and I yeah. think it kind of really tells, and you can feel the, I guess, authenticity and the kind of personal touch throughout. Yeah, I mean, she's, like, hyper-talented, and I think she, she's been nominated, she's three albums out now, it's been a couple of years since Clocks, which was nominated the year I was judging, mm-hmm. and she's been working on kind of operas and various things, as I say, just, yeah, you know, extremely talented to theatre production, um, but I think all three of her long players have been nominated, straight off the bat she wins, and yeah, I mean, she's just so kind of, like, she's got that kind of, like, classical training, and she can dip into different genres, and she's just got such a mastery. But you always feel like with the technique, she's got one eye on the emotive, and it's mm. accessible. It never feels like it's indulgent or it's kind of hard to grasp if you're not kind of right there with her in terms of knowledge. Um, it's like, like the right side of theatrical as it well. It is, yeah. Like, she's yeah. got enough kind of pop credentials or that kind of side of things that makes it really accessible, I think. Yeah. Up next, 2006 winner and kitchen enthusiast, Neil Hannon and his Divine Comedy. The light of you. And left you on your own and in the shade An English lady of a certain age And if a nice young man would buy you a drink You'd say with a conspiratorial wink You wouldn't think that I was seventeen that was a lady of a certain age a deliciously fun song really yeah. clever mm-hmm. like like this the two tracks that we picked we picked to die a virgin a lady of a certain age and yeah. i think if if someone had never heard divine comedy before i think they're two great tracks to start with it just kind of sums them up doesn't it yeah, I mean, he's, again, I, I always think of, like, I pair him with, like, a Jarvis Cocker. Not in a reductive way, but, like, as a, a really kind of strong co- compliment in terms of they're steeped in that, like, pop classicism thing, but they use it to do these really interesting, like, character studies. And, um, yeah, I mean, when he's on form, as with that, it's just, like, he's both hilarious and also, like, devastatingly poignant as well. That's the thing, <laughs> isn't it? That, like, and, and I think we've discussed it before, that there is a fine line sometimes between that sort of whimsy mm. and just, you know, slight nonsensical stuff, really. And this is definitely on the right side of it. I mean, it's a well-titled album, in a way, Victory for the Comic Muse, because it's sort of, I think, really nailing that sort of... um purple patch as it were yeah and i think he was a bit of a surprise winner that year i mean yeah because i mean fionn regan was up for it actually the end of history his debut album um duke special had a huge album that year snow patrol director yeah had a big album bought that on compact disc messiah j the expert see this is the thing it it might feel like you know well he should have won it at some point anyway there was Um, also a really great album that was nominated that year um the immediate Oh yeah, that was fantastic. Um, yeah. yeah, we all know about oh, the yeah. immediate. Someone <laughs> from the immediate will be cropping up. <laughs> yes, a little later on. <laughs> anyway, up next, the 2007 winners, Super Extra Bonus Party.
That's from their self-titled album, The New Bridge Collective. I believe they're from mm, New yeah, Bridge. Yeah, there. Big and uh, just back, <laughs> back in the wild, we played their, their comeback song, Switzerland, on the podcast recently. Very happy to have them back after a long hiatus. Uh, I love this album. This album is just so interesting and dynamic. It's always looking for something new to do. I think it doesn't get lost. It comes so close, though. Like, I mean, some of these tracks are genre-defying and they don't really kind of hearken to standard verse, chorus, chorus. Uh, Voris, Jesus. Verse, chorus, I can't even say it. Verse, chorus, verse, fair. There we go. Got it out. Had a fucking Mm. stroke. Uh, (laughs) Some mild one. Anyway. A mini stroke. Anyway, well, that's what the album album does to you, lads. Uh, It takes you places. It's certainly what their live live show used to do. It was absolute pandemonium. And I remember being quite surprised listening to this record. And, I mean, yeah, it's a lively one, so this sounds slightly mm. mad, but if you've ever seen Super Extra Bonus Party, you'll understand what I mean when I say, I was surprised by how restrained they yeah. managed to make this record. I mean, we talked about Divine Comedy being a surprise, you know, winner, and this was, this is the one that's always held up as just like, how did they came out of nowhere? What? But I love the fact that they did. And they talked, you know, they've made the return, they talked about it almost, the win being almost like a poison chalice in a certain way, just because there was a weird... Thing of just have they paid their dues? Have they been around long enough? But I think it stands up. It totally does for me. Mm. Yeah, and uh, Drone Rock. That song actually. There's an excellent remix, the Decal remix, and I don't know if you can get it online. It's difficult to track down. Back in the MySpace days, it was all over the place, and it's fucking awesome. But up next, it's Jape. And there is nothing as beautiful as light being found inside, and so you're sitting under. That's Strike Me Down by Jape. The album is Ritual. One of two victories at this very competition. Zara Hedeman. Yeah, it's kind of, it's funny how Jape is the guy who's reclaimed the title twice. Um, I mean, this album is great. Strike Me Down is an absolute belter. Um, it's an it's one like Jape. I I like I'm not massively familiar with him. I wouldn't listen to him a lot. But any time that like especially any time I do listen to him, it's generally because of No Encore. Hmm. Um, and I always really really enjoy listening to his albums. Like I remember for for the revisit we did the the monkeys and the zero have more fun than me. Um, and his he's a really great songwriter. He's um, very good with his lyrics he can like write a very very catchy hook I mean strike me down it like lasts with you all day um, and his music ages very very well and I feel like 2008 this album kind of sounds like as fresh as it did back then really agree, well yeah. deserving I think like that's what it will give the choice music prize for 2008 they did capture the best sound of 2008 with Jape because like that year that song really was Irish music strike me down yeah I mean mean, there were like there was others from that time I remember just looking at the list now I mean Mm. Fight Like Apes were were, um, nominated that year uh, or SAG and his album Organic Sampler uh, the script are there as well I don't know how they managed to sneak onto that list but um, it's a major label representation Mm. yeah I remember listening to Ritual though and thinking and it's funny you mentioned lyrically that it was a big step on because it felt as though there was a little more a Richie in there so Mm. to speak we'd obviously known him 
uh, in his solo guides. At that stage, obviously, the Redneck Manifesto we're still doing quite a bit. Um, he was even playing bass with David Kitt, if I recall, uh, mm. to that to that period. So, yeah, this this was a huge leap on for him. And obviously, yeah, the fact that he's won it twice, and we'll come to that in a second, yeah. but... Yeah, it tells you a lot about the bloke. I think yeah. now, yeah, definitely off the last decade, he's established himself for me. Rich Egan is just, I think he's the most talented Irish artist kind of working out there. He really is. I mean, just every release is... Solid is actually an unfair word to use, but it's just like, it, it's good stuff every time. Um, he's a great writer. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah Colm, you used a phrase before on the most recent podcast, I think it was about the, the Blaze song, of which I know Richie is actually a huge fan. It was kind of him I saw through first. Uh, Beautifully Restless, I think mm. is the phrase that he used, which I quite liked. And I think it applies to Jape, because, you know, again, you want to talk about like searching music, and again, someone who doesn't really get pigeonholed or bogged down in any kind of basic descriptions. I mean, his most recent record, This Chemical Sea, I thought was a fucking home run. It was such an interesting marriage yeah, of like, gorgeous. synth pop and also, you know, saying something without being quite didactic about it. So yeah, he's a, a seriously interesting artist and arguably a bit undersung. Is the same true of our next one, Adrian Crowley? Here's what he sounds like. With both our names entwined I carve them into the wishing seat Will you follow me there again Tomorrow to secret place to That was The Wishing Seat. Craig, Adrian Crowley? Yeah, I think uh, unsung. Um, obviously a winner here. And this was just a couple of years after Ryan Adams was like asked in Rolling Stones, just like, who's the best songwriter in the world? And he was like, well, Adrian Crowley, of course, but no one's ever heard of him. So this was a nice kind of boost. It was his fifth release. He kind of started late as a singer-songwriter, but he, you know, fully formed and arrived, that mature, incredible kind of voice. This, to me, is maybe as positive as he gets. I was just about to say, <laughs> yeah. it, it's a far more uplifting it album is. than his normal output, I and think. And it's got that kind of, the, you know, the swirling organs and things. It's kind of like this hazy, sunshiny, 60s thing. It reminds me a bit of, like, what Leonard Cohen tried to do when he paired up with Phil Spector on yeah. um, Death of a Ladies' Man. But this actually kind of works, because that was, you know, famously a bit of a disaster, because Phil Spector just kept on his gun to Leonard Cohen's head. Um, <laughs> Adrian Crowley had no such problems, and it paid off. He won the Choice Music Prize. <laughs> <laughs> he managed to avoid gun violence in the yeah, last Yeah, but just, you know, that voice, incredible. Um, while it's limited, but when it's, you know, um, his lyrics as well, just great. Yeah, this is great. Great stuff altogether. Yeah, no, I remember I saw him live kind of, uh, like, shortly after. Yeah, about shortly after this. Sorry. About shortly uh, after. <laughs> Nice I'm just trying to think in my head. There. I can't think and talk at the same time. Um, Sorry, what? Yeah. That's great use for a podcast, isn't it? This is what, this is what you told us. Is this your, your sixth or seventh overall in all four affairs? I'm glad, mm-hmm. I, glad I finally found out. Excellent. Um, Take your time. But it's funny that you should mention um, like Leonard Cohen because I do feel that like Adrian Crowley, um, he really kind of... I, it's probably not fair to say that he moulds himself on those kind of like solo male with guitar figures, but like he really does. And I do think he does what he does very well. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Sorry. When I did see him live, it was in a church and it's like, like that's just the perfect, I think, kind of setting to see him like in a really lovely, like acoustic yeah. filled building, him, mm-hmm. his guitar, no pomp, 
no ceremony, just him doing what he does. Yeah, there's like a depth and a kind of reverence yeah, to what he does. And it, um, yeah, yeah. 2010, your boy Dave Hanrady is in college. He's, <laughs> he's writing snarky articles, snarky articles for his uh, his college paper, trying to be the new Charlie Brooker. And one of those articles was about how annoying the meteor ad of the time was, and that was soundtracked by these gentlemen. That was Two Door Cinema Club with What You Know. And I fucking hated that meteor ad, man. And I was quite surprised when they won. What was the meteor ad? I can't remember it. Uh, it's oh god! It's uh, house parties that don't exist. That was the name of the article that I wrote because it was like this ramshackle house party. Okay, but what, what was the soundtrack? I think it was Undercover Martin, maybe. Okay, right. uh, but nonetheless, they all kind of sound a little bit the same. But I will say yeah. this: I'm not the biggest Tudor Cinema uh, Tudor Cinema Club fan in the world. I did enjoy interviewing them. They were very good sports. I liked picnic one year when they slagged off the Rolling Stones in front of a crowd and dealt with very dodgy microphones. Mm. Thank you, Hot Press. Ultimately, uh, not the biggest fan, but I did enjoy the the burst of life in these two tracks that we've picked. Uh, and I must say, they are kind of timeless. That is exactly it. It's a burst of life. I remember the first time that I heard this record. It was over in my mate's gaff, getting ready to go out for a night. And it finished and we, I was just like, yeah, you can happily throw that on again, man. It's fine. It, it, like I'll do spend another 35 minutes just listening to those 10 tracks. And when I saw them live warming up for their kind of most recent comeback, before their third album, they played as Tudor Cinema Club in Whelan's. Um, and you, you were just reminded of how relentless this is. Yeah. That mm. it is, you know, it just it hammers you over the head track after track. The second you think it's pausing for breath, here we go again. Do you think it holds up, though? I think of all the albums, this one really doesn't hold up. I, I think it holds who, I think this who, record holds up, absolutely. Who, yeah. What was this album up against? This album was up This against is funny because my abiding memory of this time was I just started in Hot Press. What, is, what a year this was for all of us. <laughs> what a year. I remember after the Choice Music Prize thing was done and dusted, Selena Murphy was actually one of the judges and I remember giving out to her for not giving it to villagers becoming a jackal. I was just yeah. like, what? That seemed to be like what people thought it was going to be. Tudor Cinema Club won it and yes, I mean, whenever I hear these songs I do kind of now just imagine Cullum in a field, probably Independence because, you know, no cork with two beers in his hand just going mental to these songs actually I came across that photograph again there's a photograph of Danny O'Reilly from the Coronas crowd surfing and for some reason in that photograph he looks exactly like Cullum and remember, remember the first time we saw it we were like Cullum presumably just finished his live interview and like was then carried down the hill into the crowd triumphantly like a cult yeah, leader yeah. but they're I mean they're very kind of evocative of a certain time I think they did that sound and that thing really well it's just hook after hook it's I, very impressive I I called it timeless, saving. so thanks for contradicting me there, Craig. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I, 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 but it is a, it is quite a clean sound. Like, it, but I think they built okay, upon Patrick Bateman. <laughs> it's a clean, crisp sound. <laughs> I think they built upon years of kind of like landfill indie or that kind of widdly guitar thing that kind of got some traction around Franz Ferdinand time but they did it in such a great way and the hooks were strong enough that it totally carried the day um, I wouldn't return to a huge amount but it's really effective record I think I would have much preferred if O Emperor had won that year <laughs> 
I am not even joking. Heather Tither is the best album on that list from that year. Controversy. Indeed. That's what happens at the Choice Prize. But I think that they would have been a more deserving winner as well. Okay. And I I just think that that album would have stood the test of trying a bit more. And I know you're going to just like me about that. I'm not going to slag you about it. Yeah. Fair, like, I, I'm not a big fan of the Two Doors and Couple album. And I do think it sticks out, you know, kind of interestingly where it's like, that's a, was there, I don't but know. It's that as well is like a case for me with the lip service thing, them winning. I oh I disagree completely. Mm. I think that no, if- I don't at all because like that year that those songs from that album just like dominated everything, and it was like as if it was one of the only Irish albums that came out so it kind of seemed as if if they didn't win there would have been an uproar well first of all I mean like Imelda May is on that shortlist and if they were going to go with some sort of kowtowing to major labels you'd think that would be an easy target and in any case no I mean I think the argument against Two Door Cinema Club winning there would have been that like it's just too big so you're saying the, you're saying the band and the moment won that award, not the album. That's what you think. Yeah, but yeah, you think, but crest I, of a wave type thing. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. And I mean, I don't disagree with that to an extent. But there's a that reason, would have some factoring, I would imagine, like, a, a little bit. But I mean, also, like, there's a reason why an album would c- capture the moment, so to speak, and why it would be such a big deal. And I think Two Door Cinema Club's album, as Craig said, maybe just came along at the right time. Mm. That, um, you know, it did capture imagination and it sounded just so emphatic at the at that stage. That, yeah, you know, I'm guessing there was just feeling when the judges said it was kind of undeniably the album, mm. um, which, you know, it's hard to argue with. I, I wouldn't be my favourite one of that year, obviously, but um, certainly made a big impression. Well, that's Tudor Cinema Club. Two-time winner, Jape. He's back on our list. Here he is again. Jape with Please Don't Turn the Record Off from Ocean of Frequency and it's a record that you shouldn't turn off because it's really fucking good. Uh, Again, I really enjoyed sinking back into these Jape albums listening to them. This one in particular just constantly bemused not bemused but kind of transfixed by it I suppose and like, like, like he's always keeping me guessing and yet I think his songs have really good pop, sensibil- uh, pop sensibilities really good marriage of that kind of stuff and a clash of styles but he seems to kind of harness it all together and again I mean like we've kind of already said that he's you know, you think he's the most talented musician in this country, Craig? I mean, like, that's... Well, certainly in terms of writing ability and kind of, you know, forming and, you know, creating a record that is just, like, strong on all counts and can really, I think... I'm surprised he isn't bigger on on an international stage because he feels like someone that should be rubbing shoulders with very successful artists. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I mean, I remember talking to him and just his process and he's moved to Malmo in recent years and it makes sense that he would want to be close to those kind of, you know, great Scandinavian pop writers because he feels like he feels like he's coming from that school of, of thing but he like talks about how he will just work and work on stuff in a really kind of methodical almost like keeping office hours way until he's bored of his own songs and his own parts it's just like he's just chipping away at them until they're these kind of almost perfectly formed things and it really shines through for me he seemed almost bored by the win. I remember seeing him like I, I, this might have been the first time they did TV coverage. I remember like he comes out and like he wins it, and he was like, "Cheers, yeah." <laughs> it could just be that thing where like it just it doesn't validate what he does. 
he doesn't feel that it validates. Like I think. Oh, Jay it's a Glenn Hansen thing where uh, you know it's it's not about the awards. Yeah, I, know, I can remember. It's no, about the art. No, because I I remember him enjoying the first one a bit. I remember I yeah, once I, you've I, done it once yeah, like, I, yeah. <laughs> I interviewed him shortly after that and, and like Richie lovely bloke worst interview if you're presenting live morning radio in your <laughs> life like because he just swears the entire way through it was heartbreaking that is class yeah I know the following year Craig Fitzpatrick was on the judging panel mm-hmm. and he and he alone decided that this was the album of that year <laughs> I was That's Bullet in a Gun yeah. by De Laurentiis, the album is Little Sparks, Craig Fitzpatrick. What an album it was as well. Um, it felt, uh, it's such a good album that I still remember where exactly where I was when I first heard it. Um, I was in a car, I had it on, I had to review it, and I was kind of taken aback because I did not know, I wasn't the biggest De Laurentiis fan going into reviewing the record. Um, I'd filed them away under kind of other kind of moderately successful Irish bands that had a kind of couple of nice radio hits. I was blown away straight away. There was a great mix of just immediate pop songs, but real depth there too. It felt like they were wearing their heart on their sleeve. They'd gone through famously at this point. I mean, it's been much talked about how they almost ceased to be a band. They came out the other side and, I mean, we talk about step ups and for me, Little Sparks is just such an accomplishment as a record. I think it's one of the best Irish records of the last decade or so. Um, and yeah, it was a very well-deserved winner. I mean, Unfortunately for Windings, as Dave explained to them when they were on our stage. I'm Not The Crow is a fabulous <laughs> album. They can't, they can't all be winners. No, I'm Not The Crow is a great record. It is, yeah. I think with De Laurentiis, though, there's definitely a feeling that this was just kind of everything coming together. I mean, you kind of yeah. mentioned what was happening away from the studio as much as anything. But, you know, when you've got multiple songwriters and so on and so forth, it does take a lot of moving parts kind of, you know, very much going in tandem if things are to work and this you know perhaps a little belatedly is third album third album yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, but you, things clicked basically and mm. when they did you get a record like this yeah and like lyrically the it's like very deeply personal and I think when an art like when an artist can like be so revealing of themselves I think it's then a lot easier for a listener to really get on board and fall f- hard for an album because you really get a sense of where they're coming from, what kind of life they're living, and that's I and just like become really immersed in like their world, which I think is always like what makes an album so great and stand out. Um, so yeah, very, very yeah, very well deserved. Petter yeah. do in particular, I think, is one of the most wonderful realizations of that kind of pers- yeah. personal kind of feelings, and yeah. for Kieran McGuinness, uh, and they just write such. Um, it just seems like writing really great radio-friendly hits comes so easily to them. They're very sharp, yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, the follow-up album for this, Night Becomes Light, is a very good record as well. It's not quite as good as this one. It kind of, I think it has a split of radio-friendly songs and deep cuts like this one, though it seemed a little bit more mechanical. Um, I'm looking forward to their new record. But, mm. I mean, like, ultimately, this... I don't know what De did 
to get in that bracket. But I had the same experience. Black magic. But where I was like, I was like, oh, they're just like, you know, the Coronas or mm. whatever. Yeah. They're not. Mm. And, no, no, no. And the, I will still talk to people and I'll be like, that fucking De La Renta's album is amazing. And they're mm. like, what? And I'm like, have you heard it? And they say no. And I'm like, if you listen to this album, I guarantee you. Change your life. Change your life. No, but I gu- <laughs> no, but I guarantee it'll change your fucking opinion because it'll yeah. be like, oh, your fist bumping across the table now. Wonderful, lads. Well done. But this is the thing. I, I don't know what reason it was, but I filed them away again in the wrong kind of thing. And I was totally fucking wrong. And this album is an incredible, like, fuck you to anyone who's ever done that. It's, it's, it's an excellent, excellent album. Mm-hmm. So well done, lads. But up next, it's... The guy who didn't win when Craig was annoyed. I know. He eventually won Connor O'Brien and Villagers. Look at the cars, look at the birds, and all of these invented words. One body's dying breath is another's birth. What are you running from? What are you running from? Sister, jury, brother, judge, and you are recognized this grudge buried deep beneath the sands of these ridiculous demands. No time for innocence or sitting on the fence. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna when the waves cover the That's the waves off a wayland. Happy now, Craig? Yeah, delighted. And I remember, again, this is so, you know, just reminiscing. Uh, no, there I remember when this first arrived and you just kind of thought, oh yeah, it's not going to be a case of like, you know, difficult second album syndrome. It's someone that has had a level of success with the first record and is now just like rubbing your hands and being like, okay, now I can just kind of expand my palette and just kind of really get ambitious. Um, and yeah, I mean, from the lyrics, which have just kind of got great literary touchstones and it's almost... Uh, apocalyptic at times he's almost you know hovering above everything and dispassionately but in a really interesting way just commenting on the world and his kind of place in it um to like the sonic stuff which is just like it's quite experimental i think this was the first indication of his you know production skills as well um as songwriting and the songs were there as well so great second album yeah no so i think uh connor is one of the best irish lyricists um of recent history especially in the last kind of decade um i he can write a song that just instantly becomes ingrained in your head um like melodies that will just stay there like i would list i've in work we have like a kind of joke where we listen to villagers pretty much all of the time all of the time. What a joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um no but we have this thing where it just like we notice whenever we put it on in the shop everyone kind of like really chills out you can see like shoulders dropping people become very relaxed um they'll always you know be like oh who's this playing this is really nice um so his music really reaches out to all types of people um all ages um people who like folk stuff to then like coming out with a wayland and it got more vibrant with like the production which was so shocking um when he came out with this after um becoming a jackal because it was so different and it's cool to see like in such a short space of time um just the growth in that and like how those albums can coexist with each other and how like you can listen to say becoming a jackal on spotify or whatever streaming service and then if it like trickles then into um what's the first song on wayland again is it my lighthouse yeah my lighthouse how it does like that uh pick up from where the first album takes off it 
it is a nice little natural kind of progression. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, and yeah, then it just keeps getting bigger and like uh, bigger and better. And yeah, I think this is a really well deserved win. Hmm. In 2014 was the year in which Trad finally landed the big prize. <laughs> Am I being facetious? I don't mean to be. They've been no. calling for it for years. That's the g- campaigning. <laughs> That's the gloaming, and I think I think a nation fell in love with the gloaming, and that, that love affair is continuing. I mean, like they play the national concert hall every now and then, and people go, and they seem to have religious experiences. Now, I caught them at Body and Soul a couple of years ago, and I must say, it was it just didn't work because they were on at like nine on the main stage and it's a festival so people were just chatting away yeah. and it's a shame because I really wanted to get swept away in it because I was swept away by this album and that's the thing I mean like I'm not the, I, I, this is not my go-to it's mm. not my mm. normal kind of music I'm not, I rarely sit down and listen to it but then when I do sit down and listen to it I'm like why don't I listen to this more often this is wonderful like I fully agree that this isn't my normal thing and to be perfectly honest I have never been blown away by the glowing but I definitely think you're onto something when you say that you know people kind of took this album to their hearts and when you look through the shortlist this year this was the first time when I was a full-time music journalist and so I was kind of you know paying a lot of attention to it it's like you two are on there Hosier are on there there's Delorentos who fair enough aren't at the same level but you know former winners um, Damien Rice's album which by the way I think is a fabulous album Damien Rice the Sinead O'Connor is there the Riptide movement and Aphex Twin let's not even fucking talk about that <laughs> lads but Aphex Twin is there and it's just like Limerick's finest it's as though people are looking through this list and just going god the gloaming or the breath of fresh air that we mm. needed in this year isn't it and it's such an immersive album as well like yeah. you can listen to a, a six minute song minute long song and then there's a 16 minute long song in this album and it it never feels like it drags on it's not draining if anything it's the complete opposite it's very invigorating and it's great to hear an album where Irish is, is being sung as well like, which yeah, is great I've had a kind of mixed relationship with Irish trad over the years I mean it can be very cheesy you left unseen by Irish yeah. trad uh, you yeah. know sometimes I get a weird itch and I'm like do you know what I'm going to stick on some Planksty and it can be great and mm. you know those best moments are what I think the gloaming managed to capture because I mean this is just jam packed with very traditional arrangements and things but somehow they managed to strip away like the kind of cliches and tropes that we've all heard before and we're just like well this is the same song not so with this it's just so atmospheric mm. There's a real earthiness to it that is what Irish trad should be, and I'm, it's great that it was celebrated as such. Mm-hmm. No Northern Irish acts on the list this year, as noted, but in 2015, a bolt from the blue in the form of Soak. Sea Creatures from Before We Forgot How to Dream by Soak. 
Brody Mons Watson, who I think uh, have we all interviewed Brody at some point? Yeah, yeah good she's a times. fascinating character. Craig once abandoned the office and left me on my own for the day. <laughs> he went and interviewed so good like half one and just never came back. Oh no, I had two interviews that day. I had Gavin Glass as well. Oh right, and there was a maybe I, a beer. Then you had a point. <laughs> then you had a point to and got a train. I uh, I sold her a backpack once. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you got all speech in terms of interactions there. Um, yeah, like I used to work in a vintage shop and I sold her a backpack and she was with her mom. And it was like, oh God, this must have been in, if that was 2015, I'd say 2013, maybe 2012. Before she was famous, while you're telling yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. And her mom was, her mom was so lovely. Like she was just so proud of Bridie. And she was like, oh, my daughter is actually. A backpack. No. It's a big step for anybody. No, she was like, oh, my daughter is a singer. Like, she's really, really good. And I was like, oh, that's really cool and mm. whatever. But again, this is another album that we have on quite a lot in work. Um, and like, I do, I do like it. Um, there's some really great songs, like Sea Creatures. I love that drum. I think that drum is so good in that uh, song. It's really infectious. Um, and anytime I kind of, li- I listen to it, I'm always shot. And this sounds awful but I'm just always shocked at just how strong her songwriting is because she was like 17 or 18 writing this um, yeah, again, I think, yeah. I, think yeah. I think she wrote that when she was like 15 yeah. Yeah. like it's remarkable yeah, yeah. how strong her songwriting is on this album yeah. um, I mean it wouldn't be a go to album um, that I would go to all the time but I do think it's great um, I do think it's good that she was awarded it. I was really shocked. I always remember listening to this year when it was broadcast on the radio because Girl Band were up as well. Yeah. And I remember being like, oh, like, Girl Band are surely going to win. Like, Holding Hands with Jamie is such a belter of an album. It's so different. It really deserves the recognition. And they were so um, big as well throughout that year that I just couldn't have imagined them not winning it. Um, I believe it was very close in the end. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, w- with this album, though, what I would say is, I mean, like, a song of Sea Creatures, uh, Brody has a bit of an old soul, and that's kind mm. of, you know, her charm. Seen her interviewed before, like, live interviews at Independence and stuff, and she just comes across as like, such a cool, interesting individual. But I remember her even being like, oh, I'm fucking sick to death playing this song. Sure. Mm. And then it ends up in a beefed-up version on the record. But it's such a wonderful song. I mean, it's about a friend of hers who was being bullied, and, like, mm. she has a line where she says, you know, um, you know, I prayed for you even though I don't like Jesus. And I just mm. love that compassion that kind of empathy that human kind of moment and the album's full of that Be A Nobody yeah. isn't the song like that yeah. there's songs about Blood fighting with her well, brother yeah, just really like and again you used the word about the gloaming immersive this is immersive as yeah. all hell yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that tr- like that tread runs throughout it and it links the kind of newer songs as well and it was interesting because she'd released a few EPs and she had these this kind of you know stash of songs that we all knew were really good quality but the way they were kind of dressed up and the production that was lent to it I think it just raised it a level and just this real kind of warmth and sophistication to the arrangements as well which actually works it doesn't feel like they're you know dressed up it feels like they're of a piece and this was her first big statement and it's really effectively done an amazing first statement Mm. as well I felt kind of sorry for because of the girl band thing because I think there were so many eyes on them you know as kind of inevitable prize winners and indeed quite a few people uh, banging the drum for villagers that year as well I think um I thought this was a really deserving win. Mm. I thought this was a stunning record. And as you said, Dave, just kind of wisdom beyond her years. Mm. I remember it was arresting 
to hear some of these lyrics and some of these stories being told mm-hmm. by someone like this. Uh, kind of a, a juxtaposition that was really enjoyable. Mm-hmm. There's also a strange authenticity to it as well. Oh, these, that's exactly these it. These don't seem yeah. like short stories which, that she hasn't experienced. Like It feels like a real human being yeah. giving you an insight into her life and doing it so delicately. But the following year, mm. arguably, you know, the most handsome year when Cullum O'Regan <laughs> came to town <laughs> and Rusty Gano family walked away with the big one. Let the dead bury the dead. Sounds like this. I landed an island in 2001, but at the same time that Drake dropped 2001. 13 years later, the album's done. Wisangano presents non-national with the attitude volume one. I'm disrespectful, I spit on beats. I got my voice back, I'm DOC, I'm GODK, NWF. But my players look at me like I'm their OG. I stick to myself, no BBC. Used to play my rhythms on PS2 before I got played on BBC. Where would I be without JME? Without knowing it, help me see that I couldn't be anything else about me. I'm pure about Lyrics like that free my soul. That's lights on. Regan. Yeah. Tell us about it. Uh, yeah. Th- this album I loved. And, you know, it, it was my number one album going into the room. And I remember saying to people, and it's something that you mentioned earlier in terms of, like, you know, representing Irish music for the year. I was like, you can put this album in a time capsule and dig it up in 50 years' time. And as long as we still have CD players or some sort of format on which we can actually access the music you'll get an idea of what Ireland was like in 2016 it's that complete in its storytelling it's a good enough album that I've let it slide nearly at this point that there is that lyric in this song about when he's reminiscing about 2001 and he says it's when Dre released no that came out in 1999 the game also made that mistake Mm -hmm. but you know what superb record so they're they're allowed yeah, yeah, it's fantastic, and it, it seriously holds up as well. Yeah. And again, I mean, like it felt like because like that. I didn't envy your choices. I know you were saying popular winner and everything, but I mean that overhead the Albatross album is sensational. That week, oh, yeah. that week of Corners album is beautiful, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there's more besides uh, Bantam was there, of course. And That's a great, yeah, great, great record yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's I think in any other year one of those aforementioned would get it. Oh, absolutely. But this one was just such a lightning strike of a thing. Yeah, and and there were, you know, arguments made for other records as well, but... Well, I'd hope so, you know, you're you're, you're not there just to pull points. (laughs) And it's it's just, it's a very passionate album. You can really hear their passion, and that's when, like, you're like, it just makes it a no-holds, no-holds barred um, winner, where you're like, yeah, absolutely, anyone. All right, well, that brings us to present day. We're going to have to wait until March to have another... Uh, installment in our choice Hall of Fame obviously not Dave we can't ask you uh, who do you think uh, who would you like to see and who do you think deserves to like win this year I would like to see Talos Wild Ali um, yeah and I think he's got a pretty good shot um, James Vincent McMorris True Care is also a fantastic record uh, so I would have no complaints there but uh, yeah if I was on the panel uh, Wild Ali would be getting my vote yeah I think mm-hmm. I'd go Talos I think it'd be nice for him to win it Fionn Regans as well is a great record yeah. for me but yeah I really don't know who's going to win it's going to be very interesting you? Um, yeah I'm really torn between uh, the Fionn Regan one and the Lankham one um, both for their for similar reasons um, for their storytelling qualities um, love that like because for me, like I love to have a good album that tells a story um, and is sincere in its story. And I feel that those two albums do that and they're both very immersive and work well in all kinds of situations and scenarios. 
Well, I won't be talking about or to any Irish artists for the next two months. (laughs) (laughs) Or Irish people. Going into solutions. All right. Uh, Keep it international. Yeah, and let's turn our sites international for Songs of the Week. We mentioned the comeback of Justin Timberlake seven days ago. He did indeed come back. Did he bring sexy back? No, it's filthy. (laughs) It sounds like this. So I was reading a review or like an article about this song and they said that this song was as sexy as celery stalks. Yeah. Sounds and I was right. like, oh, um, this song is ridiculous. Yeah, it's not good. Um, that. It's very messy. Um, it's lackluster. It feels very dated. The one thing that I thought of quite a lot when I listened to the song initially first the intro with that big like bombast to the guitar Uh it's so crafted for his Super Bowl performance for his intro uh, which then roguely comes back in halfway through the song you're like okay in lieu of a discernible chorus this is just Uh elements and they're not terribly interesting Uh, okay well I'm instead of chorus you have the hater's gonna say it's fake he says this straight away like Pitchfork have already beat me to the punch here but like if you tell me instantly that your song ain't very good. Mm. Guess what? Yeah. Meanwhile, what I will take from this song, the image I will take is uh, the Galaxy frontman Michael Pope popping and locking on his couch <laughs> when I played it for him. Now, Jesus. I will say this. After a few after a few tins, right? <laughs> of course. Oh, no. This song is enjoyable. But you have to be a oh, bit... really? Uh, like, vaguely enjoyable. No. You have to have quite Guys, a you got few. No, if no, you, no. If I you refuse. Got, if you've got alcohol in your system... No, okay? Do you know what? No, I hate the term guilty pleasure because I think it's just ridiculous. Oh, yeah. guilty, but you know what? This would have to be fall into that category <laughs> because this is not good like no. he's trying to bring sexy back but I think he's forgotten what sexy back sounded if like if this is the clean <laughs> sorry, no, this isn't the clean version what? this is horrible <laughs> this is PG-13 to the, the lyrics make me cringe the big kind of yeah. EDM womp synth makes me cringe oh, yeah. as you were say, doing that five years ago as <laughs> you say Dave it's like loads of disparate kind of elements like it's trying to do that futuristic Timbaland thing where it, it's just like we're all like postmodern pop it, no, the chorus doesn't matter no. well yeah but you don't have any like good elements like, here. His, it's like his previous mess. single yeah. was on the soundtrack to Trolls this yeah. sounds like it's on the soundtrack to a movie made 30 years ago where someone says this is what the future I, sounds like 20 years ago because the robot in the video looks at the robot from fucking iRobot I think it sounds kind of like it could instead of being a lead single off his new album it sounds like an album filler from Justified which is the 16 opening track years old yeah. like, and yeah. that's not a good I mean, testament I mean yeah, you, like, it's fair to wonder whether 5 years out and like I mean it's only five years but you know has he actually spent it just driving tractors and doing whatever else a country what boy what does what happened to the woods I was looking forward to big it, it, it looks like the album is split in half enter, enter the enter the track listing Craig 16 songs coming our way yeah, on right. the 2nd of February can't wait and this would appear to be a situation where it's almost like somebody was like oh, he's really he's really all about that country album maybe we can get him to do 
what he used to do <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. the country stuff and we yeah. just split it into two because if you read this track listing it's astonishing yeah, no, so it's you're, quite bizarre. you're thinking rather than high concept it's going to be hedging your bets there's a song on this album <laughs> called flannel yeah oh jesus living <laughs> off the land <laughs> it's um, amazing can we also just talk about and young man the, which better be a ymca pastiche the, the, um the outro of filthy with the the lady speaking Jessica is that Bill. Jessica Biel it has to be Jessica Biel it has to be Jessica Biel that's mortifying he, yeah, he can probably arrange that like, yeah you know, he should yeah. be able to call that in that <laughs> favour yeah. yeah. do, do you know me that's awful that is me? so embarrassing it's going to be a bit of a train wreck but yeah. it's going to be a fascinating first listen but it's also like oh, what I find is also like uh, testament to this song is when he plays uh, plays it on Super Bowl I guarantee there will only be 15 to 30 seconds of this song oh, of performed and then it'll be his hits and it's like no one cares what you're doing now but, that's made, but like he'll only play about a minute of each hit anyway because that's what the Super Bowl is so you know medley yeah, yeah anyway that is uh, the full album due February 2nd I believe a yeah. week later we are expecting the new one from Franz Ferdinand they have given us another single from that it is called Feel the Love Go it goes like this the things that you're doing See Oh, see the things that you do See the things that you do and not who you are Why don't you come over here Why don't you come over here Why don't you come over here Why don't you come over see you guys felt as though they'd kind of got their groove back when we got the first single before Christmas. Did I did felt it? that yeah. they did I? that they'd little bit yeah. short of ideas. No, I, I very much enjoyed the song um, "Always Ascending." Yeah, at the time you were I kind of like, think I, I, did. I think you said you like you felt like it's they were as usual. No, no, I think your point. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just say it was my point because yeah, I can't on, remember. Tell me, tell me, but my point would Man's be, and I've actually, I've actually been going back. <laughs> I've actually been going back to "Always Ascending," which is a good sign. I would say the point I was making was really? that certainly on the last record, which was "Right Thoughts, Right Words, Right, right Actions," action. something like that it felt very much like okay back into the safety zone let's just do what we do well and hopefully we still have a career on the last single and this as well for me uh feel the love go it feels like they're looser it feels like they're doing their thing without being like too conscious about it and it works for me i like they've they, they're down a man um in terms of nick mccarthy deciding to kind of leave and spend time with his family um they've introduced some more kind of players i don't know if it's going to be a live setup thing there's more keys there's more synths. it feels like they're freed from that kind of pigeonhole they were in a bit and while they're not the kind of absolute classics they came out with initially it bodes well for me this mm. is great until the chorus i'm really with it until that chorus i love that bass line mm. and yeah. the drum beat yeah. the, like the bass line and the drum beat that dominates the first minute of this song the hooks in this so much more successful than what Justin Timberlake was trying with Filthy. So much more successful. Yeah, yeah. I'm straight into mm. it. It's charismatic. It's cool. I'm strutting around. It's awesome. Mm. But then you just get an Alex Capranos chorus by numbers. He's just doing the thing. But I mean, if thing. that's what he's good at. But like, it, it's overkill. I think the winner for me is the outro. I love that kind of, yeah. just kind of crazy sax thing comes in. It's mm. almost like a weird, slightly dancier Roxy music thing. It's mm. got a bit of panache to it. And yeah. Yeah, like, I, I agree. I actually preferred this one to Always Ascending. Okay. I just, I, something with Always Ascending, I it just threw me a little bit too much. I thought maybe it, it was a bit messy as well. Whereas this, I thought was just a bit more like... Doing I felt as though his ascending was kind of grasping for an idea that just wasn't there. Yeah. This is sort but, of, yeah. you know, 
happy that you know happy with what it's got essentially mm. and yeah i gotta say i'm okay with it as well i mean it's not gonna sit in alongside songs from the first record in the greatest hits collection but it'll probably scrape into the greatest hits collection there's another song that uh, debuted on the andrew marr show yeah this week of all places in which uh, it turns out alex kapranos is now silver fox yeah, yeah. who saw that he's got fully gray and he's looking great really? i thought it was bleach blonde mate i thought it was like jeremy irons and maybe, maybe. Three. i don't know possibly so they played I'm, the song called paper cages i think on the yes. andrew marr show and it was less than three minutes long i don't know how reflective that is of the album but it sounded it felt more kind of lyrics based yeah, yeah yeah more kind of like a fully formed song but yeah a bit slight so the album's coming pretty soon I yeah. mean like yeah. between this and the Timberlake album what are you what are you more interested to hear bearing in mind that the Timberlake album is going to be fascinating to listen to well, yeah, yeah, I yeah, think the, that's, a, a, that's the train be wreck is first and, yeah, yeah. and B it's just going to be so much more impactful this year mm. like people are going to be talking about that I can't imagine that Franz Ferdinand unless but no, we I, hear a fucking standout record no, I, I don't I, think they're going to make an impact I think they've kind of I think they're a bit freer this time around I think actually pairing up with Sparks oh, oh, sure. and no, FFS's no, no. I think they could pull something out of the bag I, I, don't, that, dis- like, I don't disagree that they sound better I just don't think that they're going to be making headlines like it's uh, not sure, going to be yeah. 2004 yeah. again yeah. I think that like pre-existing and long term Franz Ferdinand fans will be much happier with what they're coming out with mm. now than yeah. say like long term Justin Timberlake fans are going to how they're going to receive his new stuff I think yeah. that Franz Ferdinand have kind of they've done very well in like maintaining their sound but also like experimenting a little bit to cater to both their artistic needs and what their fans want one band that has endured for longer and in my opinion have officially run out of ideas are Manic Street Preachers last time we heard them they were cheering Wales into the semi-finals of Euro 2016 in raucous fashion they're back with a lead single off a new album it's called International Blue is resistance is futile and I don't know I think I can resist this on the strength of this <laughs> I think that's a little unfair especially to bring up the crap crap whale song because actually <laughs> I think they've had a bit of an Indian summer in the last eight or nine years I mean since Send Away to Tigers which they kind of refound guitars and choruses then Journal for Play- Plague Lovers which was uh, I think up there with some of their best stuff because they went back to uh, the late or you know still missing Richie Edwards lyrics and they did a very kind of industrial kind of inflected hard rock album again which was tremendous their last record Futurology was finally the European record they'd kind of talked about for decades of doing like oh a bit kraut rock and a bit sophisticated and they never quite managed it they really pulled it off last time and this yeah I agree this is like none of that happened and they're back to like 1998 when they got a bit too radio friendly but that's exactly it it's fine though it's grand Yeah, I'm not excited by it you feel like they're almost trying to justify it as well though when they're kind of like you know oh and this is the counterpart of motorcycle emptiness and you're just like it's clearly not yeah Like, like I mean that is just some attempt to kind of, you know, give this some veneer of importance because really it doesn't have any of it on its own. I think when I heard this song first, um, instantly the image came to my mind where this is a song that you can imagine um, in, like, say, an 80s movie where 
a particularly clumsy protagonist is then going it's like a montage sequence where yeah. they're doing like different things like trying at a new job trying to be better in school trying to get the girl that they want and it all just goes horribly wrong for them and they do something really clumsy and you can just imagine that like this song soundtracks that sequence I just found it very messy and 80s and pastiche and at the end of it when he finally gets the girl the Mannix themselves are on stage yeah, winking exactly. yeah. Yeah. Um, it sounds terrible like the finish on this the mastering or whatever it sounds really bad I disagree no I don't know I think it sounds fine yeah. Yeah, pub band mate they're a pub band now <laughs> I just don't see the need hold for on, Manic Street Preachers stop anymore everything. <laughs> do not speak about the Manic Street Preachers <laughs> Let, let's bring this argument to the pub gentlemen because we're almost there first of all uh, proof that maybe two rights make a wrong it's Wolf Alice oh. remixed by Charlie XCX this is Don't Delete the Kisses. Yes, Charlie XCX and Pro Precious on the remix uh, of our fourth best song from last year. Dave, how does strike you? I fucking love it, mate. And yeah. Well, I, I think that this stems from... she Charlie XCX appeared on Triple J, the Australian radio station at the start of December. Oh. She did an in-studio thing. She did Boys, and she did a version of Don't Delete the Kisses, which was studio her... Studio Triple J haven't their like a version, by the way, if any listeners not it. checked out. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was for like a version, and she did it, like, and it's all auto-tuned, her version of it. She has her phone in her hand because she's looking at the lyrics. It's hilarious because, you know, you read the comments. Again, don't read the comments, but you yeah. read the comments, and they're all like, she's so disrespectful on her phone, and... It's <laughs> 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 so, like... I love if she wasn't actually looking at the lyrics, and yeah. she was. Yeah. Yeah. on her own. That AG Cook or somebody like. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, they were like oh, this this auto tune. I mean, like, I think controversial. I, I'm not I'm not saying I'm a big T Pain fan or anything here, but I think auto tune gets a bit of a bad rap. I mean, like ultimately, like you know, Cher settled this fucking 15 years ago. Kanye <laughs> Kanye <laughs> has done <laughs> Kanye has done an amazingly evocative album with with auto tune at the forefront. Uh, Bonnie Vera uses it incredibly well, like you know, Image and Heap, Folk Frank Ocean. That kind of Frank Ocean. Yeah. Like, Isn't like, that argument over? No, no, no. it's not because I, people are still like it sounds. No, I mean, maybe in the YouTube comment section. Well, you see, here's the thing: it's time and place, isn't it? The fact is that no, the fact Columbus is that she's thrown the table. big vocoder <laughs> verses into a song, which, in my opinion, the strength of which comes from the vulnerability and authenticity of Ellie Russell's delivery in the original. Therefore, this becomes quite jarring. I think the verses are too busy and too elaborate, so to speak, to have that same dichotomy with the massive chorus. So, therefore, the dynamics go, and frankly, then, so does a lot of the charm uh, of this track. Yeah. I actually disagree. I, I agree with most of that. No, no um, I actually much preferred this i loved the charlie xcx um remix of this song i didn't like the original and then i listened to this and i felt that the auto tune in particular really made <laughs> this song much better like production wise and how it sounds like i just felt that it ma- it matured it it brought it into two th- 2018 um um i actually i 
much prefer this um, because as well like I just feel that the original kind of lacked something yeah. um, uh, no I wholeheartedly disagree um, <laughs> <laughs> What was what was it lacking? Sorry, finish your thoughts, sir. I don't know. Like it just seemed the original seems kind of a bit like up in the air, a bit too dreamy and wafty. Whereas this kind of I feel gave it a bit of. (laughs) That's what it does. I know, but I feel that this just kind of gave it the sass that it needs. No, I don't think it needed any sass. I do. If it's it's like back down to earth with a tud. I mean, Charlie XCX has been on an incredible run. Which is now ended. It's like bad karaoke. It's like it doesn't. Awesome. It doesn't work for the song. It's redundant. I like. I don't. I don't. I don't like this. I wouldn't listen to this again. But I do. <laughs> what you just said? You loved I, this. No. <laughs> I, no. I. I didn't say really I loved it. for this one this week. Um, <laughs> I'm no, just saying I mean, that I, I much prefer this remix to how I think she took this. I think she took the mould of this song and cast it into a bronze statue. I mean, one, one thing that I'll say bronze there is that place. Like, I, I, I'm more surprised. I'm more surprised with Dave's take because Hi, Dave hello. liked the original, love it, and like this, love this. Whereas I, can, I don't I can, like the original, but that, I like this. The, I can very easily see how somebody who didn't like the original might like this because it is such a shift. Uh, for the record, I prefer her like a version thing sure. than this, but I'd really like this. Fair enough. It's two amazing forces colliding. And no, always colliding in a car crash fashion. <laughs> okay. And to finish right. up for this week, and this is not a line that you get to say all the time, it's David Byrne. I'm pointing and describing And I can be your guide The skin is just a The song is called Everybody's Coming to My House. His album features Jack Pinata, which suggests <laughs> that that invitation is literal and actually everybody came over to his house. Because yes. otherwise, how far did that guest list have to go down before Jack Pinata got involved? Okay, can I throw something out here? Not wishing to disparage David Byrne or anything, but is the song a little bit everything, everything? Huh? No, oh, do you not like do, actual everything? Do you everything? Not, do you I not mean, hear there's, there's flecks of everything, everything. There's flecks of hot chip. There's flecks of destroyer. All bands who have copied David Byrne. <laughs> <through this. laughs> so I think he gets a pass. Yeah, it's a fair point. This, remi- this reminded me of like he's definitely you know <laughs> following teams that he's you know been harping on about brilliantly mm. um, since the Talking Heads days. And yeah, it does sound like there's a lot of stuff he's kind of you know previously mined, but it felt vital to me. I thought it was a you know quite a lot of funk in there um his love of african rhythm which is you know decades old at this stage is present and correct i thought it was a really strong vital and modern sounding record and i'm very excited to have him back yeah i quite liked this um also on the feature on the album is uh thomas bartlett from the gloaming all right okay oh yeah, yeah produce yeah um one of tricks point never's in there as well the only thing is, well, like, I mostly liked it. I found it very infectious. I found it very enjoyable to listen to. It was really good fun. Um, I didn't like the bit, though, in the middle where there is, like, a 
do or it, it goes silent and it goes like do 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 or, or something that's a like that. melodic yeah flourish. I really didn't like that I felt that was not necessary um, David Booker wrote a book called How Music Works I hope that you can write an addendum for him <laughs> don't put in melodica flourish <laughs> no, no like I wouldn't be as brazen to say that I'm just saying but like it doesn't work in this instance like but the only thing and also like I just felt um, his vocal was maybe slightly strained that was the uh, only thing. David Byrne. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not okay, but like I just felt that this was the first time that I've actually heard David Byrne sound like everything, an older everything. man. Yeah, I no. Agree, yeah. Sure. No. 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 I'm. I, I was fine with that. I like this. It, it comes from an album that he's kind of existed. It's going to be positive and upbeat and all the rest of it. And you do kind of get a kind of a jam vibe off this. You can imagine kind of three in the morning just handing out wood blocks and just be like, do whatever comes to you, man. Um, that's slightly undermined by old Serapus on production, I think. Brian oh, Eno, who's yeah, imbued with a little bit of a uh, little bit of a sinister thing. But even that kind of works because there's a mm. bit of a disco or death vibe, like kind of dancing till the end of days. But there's a nice like chaos to it. Like yeah, that. and there's a, like a lot of irony in those lyrics. Like, I mean, he hasn't oh, yeah. done oh. a lot in the last year or so. But I, the one thing he did do was write an article for MIT Technology Review called "Eliminating the Human" about how technology is going to destroy everything. But he's kind of quite happy with that because he doesn't like hanging out with people anyway. Yeah, and there's a lot of that in this, and it's it's not quite j- the jittery David Byrne of old. It's a bit more resigned, and it's great. Yeah, no excited mm. to have him back okay anything else to listen to this week or have you been listening to anything else uh, I've been listening to a lot of Eels Ret- I've been doing a lot of retrospective listening actually um, Eels and another thing that I've been listening to um, which I've been really enjoying is uh, Bob Dylan's Theme Time radio programme oh, oh yeah, yeah. it's oh, great. great it's yeah, so yeah. good yeah. Um, just nice like that listening to that about rain so good I wish I had a wife like that yeah I've been listening to New Jack White which arrived slightly too late for us to discuss it here Uh, it was kind of Thai chapel music Um, but no very interesting stuff one of the songs sounds like it's more kind of jingly Coca-Cola style you know let's love everybody style thing I don't know quite works he's got a synth now as well and then the other is just a guitar jam which is excellent yeah I've listened to both those as well if I remember correctly he described it as something along the lines of it's music to cuddle to slap getting a fight in an alleyway to and so maybe that explains the duality yeah, of those yeah. two singles I've been listening to the Magnolia soundtrack because I went to see Magnolia in 35mm in the Lighthouse Cinema during the week it's a great soundtrack it's a great soundtrack it's a relentless film <laughs> are you on uh, your big Amy Mann tip now is that going to be the next two weeks uh, I wanted, wandering I wanted to yeah, put it's going to be like an episode of Portlandia in here <laughs> I wanted to put Wise Up as part of my 365 song project it's but not on Spotify it's not on Spotify no. or Apple Music it's been X'd out I don't know why it's it's a shit yeah. YouTubers great cover way. of um, Harry Nelson's one as well yeah that's really good songs. Momentum's a good tune uh, Save Me is great and yeah I mean Wise Up is wonderful I love the montage with Wise Up in the film I know it doesn't work for a lot of people I know the film itself doesn't work for an awful lot of people I will say that when I went back to it it's a little bit more relentless than I thought it was and when it gets to a point where it's like okay Jesus Christ Paul Dameson and give somebody a fucking happy ending would you please uh, great film though Tom Cruise is astonishingly good in it and I'm a big fan of him anyway is that the film where it rains frogs yes yeah. it is have you heard the clip of Paul Thomas Anderson talking about why Tom Cruise is amazing it's on YouTube it's great he's just like Tom Cruise like who else could do what he does it's, it's Tom Cruise <laughs> uh, real quick I, I put on like the episode of Inside the Actors Studio with Tom Cruise and it's like so it starts off on YouTube right and it's James Lipton sitting there in all his cartoon character glory and he, just, pimp. and he just goes he just goes Magnolia <laughs> and, then, he goes and everyone's like <laughs> And Tom Cruise is like, 
thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yes, thank you. It's brilliant. Anyway, so that was done. Long episode. <laughs> but what can you do? Season three, episode it's two. It's a magnolia of an episode. Yeah, it was. Season two, well, two, three, episode two and three. Hopefully it's not 189 minutes, but what can you do? <laughs> thanks, everyone, for coming in. Thanks, Ara. Thanks, Thank Craig. You. Thanks, Colm. We'll be back next week. But as always, new Irish music to play us out. Uh, does anyone remember a band called Van Music? I do. They weren't very good. Uh, <laughs> they were quite obnoxious. Yeah. But uh, I guess their frontman... A. Smith is back producing and releasing new music. Uh, this song is called Into the Darkness and it's out now from his forthcoming debut album. And I have to say, I really fucking love how just wildly over the top and 1980s this thing is. Yeah. Yeah. It's shocking. <laughs> it's just completely event. No, but in a good in a good way. Yeah. Not like a van music way. <laughs> in a good way. Okay. This is a good song. <laughs> it's called Into the Darkness by A. Smith. My name is David William Hanready. This has been No Encore. There will be No Encore. Catch you next time. Bye 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 bye. bye.
All right, if you're coming in on the song, the song is now playing. I know, yeah. So what are you going to do? Are you not going to... I, I, can't, I can't just go, hey. Just hit the music. It'll play under you. Oh, is that what we're doing? Oh, I thought you were going to make it's It's Zara. Oh, hit the music. <laughs> it's Zara. Of course, that <laughs> so music means it's Zara. Hit the music. The mighty music is playing right This now. is not part of the show, Eve. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I said, hit the music. So when I said, hit the music, as I've done, song comes in. Yeah. And it will get to the point, you do what the you line do. where you need, and then what? Oh, I didn't know I had to prepare you something. You said to me, I want that for I just wanted the reason. fucking music. You said, I want that for the reason. I didn't have <laughs> anything planned to oh, say. God. Okay, fine. Well, this is going great, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how am I going to save this? I'll just come back in, I suppose? Yeah. 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 Okay, so, okay, Eve, pretend that none of that happened, apart from me saying, hit the music, <laughs> and I'll, I'll, just, I'll just start talking. This episode's so much already. <laughs> okay. <laughs> This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Celebrate this July 4th with a special presentation of A Capital Fourth. Join your host, Vanessa Williams, with performances from Sea to Shining Sea, starring Jimmy Buffett, Gladys Knight, Alan Jackson, Cynthia Erivo, Pentatonix, Renee Fleming, Train, Jennifer Nettles, Mickey Guyton, Jimmy Allen, Ali'i Cravalho, Laura Osnes, Ali Stroker, and the greatest live fireworks display in the USA. It's A Capital Fourth, sponsored by the Boeing Company and American Airlines, Sunday, July 4th, 8, 7 Central. Only on PBS. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years. Years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.